That's into right field. Long run for Pilar. And Pilar all out into foul territory to make the play. Bogarts with a drive out to right field. Judges back on it, and that one's gone. Against all odds, here's a high fly ball driven deep to right. Verdugo back to the pen. Leaps up. He caught it. He caught the ball. He took it back. And I will keep on waiting for a better day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Pesky Poll Podcast. My name is Robert, your host of this wonderful show. We are on episode 49, almost 50 episodes in. That is absolutely insane to think about. And joining me for this episode 49 is my good friend who should be at college, but is sitting at home in his laundry room, host of our Fumble Brewski podcast, my boy Adam Wright. Adam, introduce yourself to the people Don't once again. Don't me. That was my basement. That's my basement. <laughs> the... Uh, the toilet paper in the background might be a little bit of a, <laughs> might be a little deceiving. Um, and, but we have a pantry back there. We got some pillows over there. I have a whole like uh, thing over here that like a back stretcher. It's really nice to use. You should use it sometime. Yeah, and you um, have a whole sound system yeah, right next what? to you that you don't use. <sighs> kill me. Yeah, it's you kill uh, me. It's my dad's. Yeah, you All should right, we're ask him to use. But how are you doing this week? Doing well, doing well. How about yourself? First week of classes? First week of classes done. How are they going? Ugh, they suck. Man, being a senior is hard. Not going to lie to you. And now I got to somehow an internship on this. We're just, that's too much, too much rambling for, for one episode. But with that being said, we have a ton of content to get into. Red Sox made some moves. Some of them I already talked about in our last episode, but we got a new face here. We need some new opinions on the matter. Let's just get right into it for YouTube. You get to see us, as is every week, with me with a new guest. Make sure you hit that subscribe button so you can see every time I go live, which should be every Wednesdays at noon and Sundays like this one is coming out, the Lord's Day at noon. Make sure you hit subscribe. Spotify and iTunes, gang, I never, ever forget about you guys. How you guys doing? Make sure you hit that follow button so you can see every single time I go live, same schedule. With that being said, follow the Pesky Pole Podcast Instagram and the Fumble Rooski Podcast Instagram because, you know, you get to listen to this guy ramble with one guy who actually knows what he's talking about, football, and an idiot Jets fan for about an hour and 15 minutes each week. Yeah, we're not we're not going to talk about Brian. He's he. All right, first, first news of business. Yesterday... At like 10, 11 o'clock at night, we got hit with a blockbuster trade. And in my opinion, the Cardinals came out with a steal, right? The Cardinals ended up, out of all teams, trading for Arenado. How? No idea. Why the Cardinals? No idea. Adam, your thoughts? Well, you see, the Cardinals... I'm actually a little more happy that a uh, stud like Nolan Arenado, like a star level player, is in uh, Arizona rather than the uh, Colorado Rockies. You know, mm -hmm. like you think of the MLB, you don't think of the Rockies. You think of more like the Cardinals, uh, older, um, 
original team uh, that's been around a while. So, I mean, honestly, I think it's better for baseball that a respectable, a respectable org- franchise like uh, the Cardinals actually wound up with a player like that. Mm-hmm. I, it's just, just all in good drafting. You know, that's the beauty of baseball is any team can take a star player in the 10th round. You know, so he's been there his entire his entire life, and I don't. I, why the Cardinals? Out of all teams, if you asked me at the beginning of the offseason, you said what teams is Arenado not going to 100? percent I would have said the Cardinals because the Cardinals never do anything of notice, and the Reds because the Reds just the, the Reds suck. They never do anything. Yeah. I mean, you have a point there with the Reds. They're um, they, they're another sort of older organization that's been around for a while, but they do they've they've sucked for most mm-hmm. of their existence. They have they have six world championships, six or five. I think and five. It's that's still pretty respectable. Majority of them in like the seventies, Pete Rose era, right? Right. That was with the big red machine. I think that was about three of them. They won mm-hmm. three in that in that era. One against. Uh, we're not going to talk about that one in 75. <laughs> We're just going to talk about that one game during the series. That one game. Game six. Fisk is a beautiful sight. There it goes. A long drive. If it stays fair. We're, we're, how did we get from talking about Arenado to the 1975 Reds? Well, we talked about the Reds. But, <laughs> um, yeah. Honestly, oh, I, I kind of like it. It's, it's good for baseball. I think it's it's good when a respectable organization that's been a pretty well-oiled machine for most of its existence is sort of has this level of talent and is is in the conversation for contending for a title. In my opinion, the teams when you have teams like say the even the New York Yankees, the Boston Red Sox, the Arizona not the Arizona no uh, the St. Louis Cardinals. When those teams are in contention, it's good for the league. Mm-hmm. I just – that's just – I, I no, say the when, same when thing those... about the Chicago Cubs. I think when those old-time teams, when those good, like, respectable organizations are in the conversation for championship contending, um, that is – that's that's what's best. I don't care about the Miami Marlins. I, I disagree. I disagree. I like it when those small town teams are in championship contentions. You know, Tampa Bay Rays last year. Who would have ever thought the Rays wouldn't do anything? Miami Marlins were projected the third worst team in baseball, and they made it to the second round of the playoffs. Um, now you got the Cardinals, Padres. You got all these small market teams are finally making a push, and I love that. You know, it's always fun when the Red Sox make it because you know it's a Red Sox. But I mean, these small market teams are put at a huge disadvantage, and to see them still. Just say, screw it, we're going to overcome the odds. I like it. Yeah, I you know, agree. I, we, I mean, we, had, yeah. we had an interesting thing, right, when we talked about the Lindor trade. And you said, um, and you said, does this make the team a championship contender? And you said no for the, um, for the Mets. What do you feel about the Cardinals now? The Cardinals. You'll have we'll have to wait and see. It that's a it, nothing is guaranteed. You could get so much talent 
in one off season or in a couple of off seasons and wind up falling flat. I think while during that episode, I mentioned the San Diego Padres a few years ago, earlier in the 2010s, they mm-hmm. absolutely stacked up with talent and they fell flat on their faces. Yeah. So, you know, that's a, I'm going to say yes. You're going to say that the Mets, which, which team is better right now? Cardinals or Mets? Cardinals or Mets. Which team is better right now? I'm actually going to know, need to know what their roster is. Last I checked, they were... Mets Mets have a better roster. There's no doubt. I still think the Cardinals have enough pieces to barely even make the playoffs. I'm not going to lie to you. I still think they're just a barely playoff team. I don't see them like getting anything of value. One of my friends is completely spam calling me right now because, of course, he is. Yeah, um... <laughs> There's uh we have some yeah that's because we have some breaking news in the football world. Uh oh. Uh oh. Stafford found a new team. Oh God! Please, please. It's the Rams. I wanted it to be bought. I wanted it to be New England as well. I am sad. I am sad. So what? What? What's the trade? Um, so I'm reading uh, Adam Schefter's tweet right now. I'm posting it on uh, my social media page. On no, don't worry about that. Just tell me the trade that's um, going with baseball. So the trade involves two future first-round picks, a third-round pick, and Jared Goff. So they, they gave up a haul. I think – so looking at this right away, I feel like the Lions won. No, no crap, they won? Two, two first and a third and golf for Stafford. Yeah, bro. What are the Rams doing? Oh my God! I know they. I know they have an elite. I know they have an elite defense, and their secondary is one of the best in the league. But a Stafford, a golf to Stafford. Yes, it is an upgrade, but it's not enough to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, I like. I like Matthew Stafford. I've. I've always been. I. I mentioned. I mentioned to you on the show uh, the last time I was on, I like Matthew Stafford. I don't like, I don't love him. <sighs> That's thank God the Patriots didn't match he's a that. Tal- I was- he's a talented player, mm-hmm. but he's not. Okay. But- okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Just cause, just cause I know he's watching my boy JD. I know you're watching right now and you come in hard with the Patriots comments every week. I'm going to need a Matthew Stafford comment right now. Matthew, okay. Give me, I, I, give me I need a, to get. Um, light me up. Because he's, he's, he's from L.A., so he he might be a Rams fan. Is he a Rams fan? I, I know he's from L.A., so. I was under the impression he was like a Boston fan or something. Is he is he a Red Sox fan? I, I, believe, I, I believe he is a Patriots fan. J.D., let me know in the comments. I believe he is a Patriots fan, but because he lives in L.A., I'm pretty sure he supports the team. Didn't he, but, also, wear a, didn't he also wear a Patriots jersey? on? Yeah, a, we don't talk about that. We don't talk about that. He, so he, he is or he isn't? He, I, one of you wore a Brady jersey. One of you wore a Gronk jersey. No one slappy both. No, no, no. I'm talking about during uh, – I know. I know. He wore he wore a Gronk jersey, I believe. Gronkowski jersey. Is that Maybe. Jersey? There was something around we there. Need to find, we need to find out about this kid. 
yeah, this is we, – we are – He's one of your number one fans, and you, you don't even know what team he roots for. I know. Shut, this is a baseball podcast. God damn it. We're moving on. Well, you don't know if he's a Red Sox fan. <laughs> I know. Why would he be watching this show if he wasn't a Red Sox fan? Think about that. You just respect the Red Sox. You never know. Oh, my God. Shut up, Adam. Adam Adevito. All right. I've already talked – so basically my last episode, right, I had to record it really fast. My laptop was extremely dying and I only, it was like a 20 minute episode and I fit like six things in there. It sucked. It was a bad episode, but Adam Ottavino, your thoughts. I'd, it's pretty good. I'd say it's, so I, you mentioned it, um, you mentioned it to me at first and I had a, pretty quick and short response to it. Um, and that is this was a very uh, low risk, high reward type of deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a ver- the very type of deal you would think Haim Bloom would do, where he's just taking these underrated players for a lower. Oh, Adam Ottavino is nowhere near underrated. You think he's. I don't think he's. Oh, I think I don't think he's underrated at all, because if you look. If if this if my laptop would decide not freeze again like every single week, yep. Um, twenty twenty terrible year for everyone, but twenty nineteen he had a six and five record with a one point nine ERA, with seventy three right, so games. At, look at his career besides that. He's his been, career besides he's that. Decent. Yeah, twenty thirteen he had two six four, uh, twenty sixteen to two six seven, twenty eighteen to two four three. I mean, those aren't great for. Uh, uh, relief pitcher uh for era yeah those are for a relief pitcher i i think i'd prefer more in the ones which he's proven he could do in 2019 like i said 2020 he only pitched 18 innings so now he had a six era right you know that's that's gonna happen 2020 sucked for everyone and then he wasn't used properly because of chapman you know, he kind of got thrown into that seventh, eighth inning guy when in reality he's going to be our ninth inning guy. That whole team, that whole Yankees team seemed a little off, though. They barely they barely squeaked into the playoffs. They had a great start to the season, but then mm-hmm. they just fell apart real fast. They almost fell below 500. That's an understatement. Yeah. It was like right um, – it was like two weeks before the season ended. Yeah, they were like 25 and 24, I believe. Something around that. Yeah, they – it was bad. It was bad for him. Thank, I'm pretty sure because I asked um, Garrett Whitlock about this because he came from a Yankees organization too, um, the Red Sox, jumping that rivalry. And I, I reached out to Adam Adovino, but his messages are blocked. Um, they got a prospect pitcher in that deal also. It was Adovino and their 24th-ranked prospect for a player to be named later. I need to find out who that prospect was and reach out to him and just ask, like, what what does it feel like to switch sides of the rivalry? You know, because if you're a Red Sox player, you're taught, we hate the Yankees. We hate the Yankees. And then you just have to switch, and you're just like, well, I played with those guys last year. I don't hate them. Right, yeah. That's why we haven't seen, like, any Red Sox-Yankees trades. We've seen five in the past 50 years. Haven't we seen two in the past 
we've seen two this um, in this millennium, I believe. Uh, the Stephen Drew trade and then this trade. Was Jacoby Ellsbury signed or trade? No, he was signed. He signed. Signed. Ugh, screw Jacoby. I loved him. He's he sucked after he after he signed. Mm-hmm. But they, they also they were got... clearly right to let him go. He was. Yes. He had that one good month in April after the first that first month as a Yankee. Then he fell apart. I think mm-hmm. he became a backup outfielder after yes. that. He was so bad after. Just terrible. I still loved him though. He was that was my dude. He I'm still that. I still don't say anything bad about Jacoby. But we also got another guy uh, from the. I think it was with the Padres. Uh, Garrett Richards, older pitcher, low risk, high reward, little bit. Over the top on the money. I think he was paid a one-year, ten million dollar deal. Yeah, it's no, not. Bad. It's not bad, you know, for what we're looking for. And I've been ranting for weeks on weeks on weeks now. We needed two pitchers, and then they go out and get two pitchers and sign back Martin Perez in the span of a week. You know, we have a full pitching r- roster now of guys that we can actually rely on to get in there and get us some outs. Besides Ryan Brazier, we don't talk about Ryan Brazier. We have no idea if we can rely on him. We'll see if we'll see no, how he is. No, we cannot rely on Ryan Brazier. That's no, not a, Ryan Brazier. I'm talking about Garrett Richards. Yeah, his his stats prove that we maybe can, but obviously we're not going to know until the season actually happens. His best season was back in 2014, about seven years ago. He had an ERA above – uh, just above two, mm-hmm. around like two and a half. He had about 29 uh, starts. Mm-hmm. So it was a pretty good It was a pretty good season for him. But then again, that was seven years ago. Um, and then you can see after that, it was, he, was, he was good, but he wasn't playing in many games. Mm-hmm. So he's a little on the older side. So you're right. He's more of a high risk or sorry. High, low, low risk. High, low risk, high reward player. Mm-hmm. Because if it if it doesn't work out, that just gives more innings to Hauk, Pavetta, Whitlock, Mata, you, the young guys we got, um, Seabolt. You know it. Yeah. It gives it could just, just we got we got too many young pitchers to um to throw in there. You know. Okay, one of my articles, the Denver Post. It says I've succeeded my sub. My article limit. I've seen one article from you. I don't even remember what this article is. Oh, yeah. Um, so we signed also a infielder slash outfielder. And uh, Kike Hernandez. It was two-year 14 mil. Yeah. I was indifferent on it until I saw that he played outfield in L.A. Somewhat. The question is... Um, what was I going to say? The question is, who's going to play outfield? Is it going to be Hernandez, or is it going to be um, Chavis? Which one works better with that outfield role? Honestly, your guess is better than my is your guess is as good as mine with that one. Uh, Heim Bloom. The way it works with Heim Bloom is. You just don't know how it's going to work. He he uses all these statistics and analysis. He uses 
I mean, if you've ever seen Moneyball, you'd semi understand that they they do some they do some things that you wouldn't understand, and then it winds up working. Uh-huh. You know, you could uh, just looking at Kike Hernandez, looking at his stats, he's not a very he's not a very significant player, but clearly there was something that he saw in him to be uh, picking him up. I mean, I uh, I see right. him, I see him more as like a I'm gonna call it a Walmart brand Brock Holt. Yeah, he could be a type of player where you just he's just there to be to take up space and be sort of a placeholder for when some of their prospects they wind up drafting or the prospects they have down there to come up so that they could uh, be in contention sort of just to sort of be there, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it lo- and looking at these moves that they're making, I mean, that supports my claim here that it looks like they're going in a more of a deep, uh, deeper rebuild than uh, you would think. Yeah. Which I don't really like because I think they have a little bit more talent to be going so deep into a rebuild. That li- that lineup's good. I like that lineup. I I, I, I don't I don't. True or false? This team is a playoff team. Right now, no. Good answer. Absolutely not. They need. They have. We could put. We could put you out there. And they'd have a better, they'd have a better pitchers, pitching staff. No, I mean honestly, we have we have twelve guys right now plus Mata on the um in the minors waiting to make his major league debut, right? And out of those twelve, ten of them I can right now trust on the mound. The only two exceptions being Ryan Brazier and Jeffrey Springs. I will not. Oh, nine. I don't trust Matt Barnes. Matt Barnes, no, uh, that's not a thing. No, Matt Barnes is so up and down; it's un- it's unbelievable. He's he's like you can either trust him or you can't. There's he, no in between. No, he's he's like the he's like the ba- professional baseball version of a moody fourteen year old girl. He's like the MLB version of Marcus Smart shooting threes. He and he, that's a really good analogy. He's. <laughs> he, He's so bad until he has to be good. He's the pitching version of JBJ. Yeah, where he's like, I mean, I'll never forget that 2018 run with all these, this wheel of gutless bums (laughs) for their bullpen. That was, we were just getting guys out when they needed to. It was unbelievable. Mm -hmm. I can't. Uh, I can't wait to see what some of these new guys do, because you know, I'm I'm not gonna lie to you when when it came out that the Red Sox uh, signed or got Matt Hall, I was really excited for him, and then we saw how Matt Hall did. We don't talk about Matt Hall anymore. I was ex- I was, and then I was very concerned when we got guys like Robert Stock, and I had a right to be concerned. He was terrible. You you remember Robert Stock? Robert Stock. Which year was this? Yeah, last year. Last year? Yeah. He wore number seventy three. Well, and has like a six ERA with and the team. You want to keep it that way? Trust me. Yeah, I, I think from what I, from what you're telling me, I think I want to. I you don't know, want to know who. Robert you know what's weird? He found another job. Some other team offered him a contract to play in the majors. 
Wow. And guess what? What team is known for taking a lot of Red Sox guys and just recycling them into their own system? Not name the Dodgers. Just recycling. What team is known? It's maybe names like uh, let's go John Lester, John Lackey, John Ross. You're talking about the Chicago Cubs. Yeah, they're known for just going in the Red Sox dumpster and taking everything we don't want. Yeah, so now we, were, we get to see Robert Stock try and try and knock out for that. You know, they were so wrong to not want players like John Lackey and John Lester. Yeah, maybe you can make a you can make half a case for John La- John Lackey because he was an a hole, but fact check true. But the fact of the matter is, he did help us win a World Series. He was a competitive, uh, solid starter. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had John Lester, who was our ace. He came through when it really mattered most. And if they didn't, you know, you can only fit. You can't. It's not physically possible for a Red Sox fan to think of, to play the what ifs game with John Lester and think about what would have happened what wouldn't have gone wrong if they actually caved and paid John Lester you know they wouldn't have had to sign David Price they wouldn't have had they wouldn't have had to trade for Chris Sale mm-hmm. they could have and they no you you, you let him go you can't play this what ifs game without going into a straight up rage or just have this sudden urge to just cry look left <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, what was I going to say? Okay, really quick, then we'll move on to some Red Sox rumors. Favorite pitcher that you know on the Red Sox that if you ask like any red random Red Sox fan, they'd be like, he played for the Red Sox? Let's think. Favorite random Red Sox pitcher? Random Red Sox pitcher. So of your lifetime. If I, if I followed the 2020 Red Sox, more closely i'd have like a million names yeah we would it would be it would be a full jeopardy thing of just random 2020 red sox pitchers in like five years red sox so does it have does it not have to be on the team from like this year no just in your lifetime felix dubron oh my god i remember that 2013 team by heart oh my god that was that team was what got me into baseball i know that team roster nearly top to bottom Mm mm-hmm Okay, for those Breslow, mm-hmm. for those of you who don't Ryan know, Dempster. we had we had a little Jeopardy competition with um, quite a few of us, um, and we had some cash on the line. And one of the five hundred dollars questions was name six pitchers from the twenty thirteen uh, World Series team, and Adam named them all off perfectly. He still ended with a negative score, but we're not going to talk about that. I answered all the questions. I that's, yeah. He he does not know how to play Jeopardy, and that cost him money. He he sucks. Congratulations, JD. Give me a Jeopardy on the 2013 Red Sox, and I'll ace that. (laughs) Hey, I'm gonna have to. How how far am I into this? Like 30 minutes in. I gotta edit that out. We're we're all set. I didn't say anything. God damn it! Yeah, sure you didn't. I gotta go back and check now. Thanks, Adam. I didn't. I didn't say anything. I promise. I have to check just to make sure. Thanks for making me actually edit 
But mine would have to be Jake Peavy. Jake Peavy. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Was a, he was a uh, nice little star. I he wasn't he wasn't great, but he was a solid number three, four starter. He was three quarters of the way blind. <laughs> you didn't have, did you ever watch him? He was a yes. decent he was a decent yes. starter. He was good for being three quarters of the way blind. He was great. I can't be, I still can't believe that. I remember I, Jared Saltalamachia had to paint his yeah. fingernails. Uh, what was it? Yellow or green? It was like he he switched between pink. yellow and pink. Yellow and pink because he was yeah three quarters of the way blind. Uh, That's yeah, amazing. I can, I can. I just feel like the sudden urge to name off the 2013 rotation, but I'm gonna just go for don't, it. Don't. No, we don't have time. John Lester, John Mackey, Clay Buckles, Ryan Dempster, Felix Dubront, Jake Jake Peavy. You, you done? I can name off their bullpen. No, just just tell. Get some help. All right. Uh, so the Red Sox are looking. <laughs> if you look, I'll, I'm going to go through some names that they're that they're really interested in bringing back, and we're going really hard down the road of nostalgia. All right. Okay. The first name is a guy who I believe was on the team in 2013. First baseman, like then played last season with the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays. He's a lefty. The lefty. That's interesting. Um, Mike Carp. Travis Shaw. Travis Shaw was not on the team in 2013. He wasn't? I thought he was. Yeah, he wasn't. Uh, no. Hold on, let me let me look that up. He was twenty fifteen, I, I believe. He was twenty fifteen. I still liked yeah. him on the team. He was he was but the Red Sox are looking to maybe bring him back. Rumors are going around they're really interested. Because cheap cheap guy, plus him back up first. Wouldn't hurt. You know, I mean yeah. it's not like he's old, old, he's only thirty. Yeah, you're right, twenty fifteen. Yeah, twenty fifteen. I'm, yeah, he was a good, he was a nice player. I remember him, he had a career year in 2016. Yep. And, I mean, everybody had a career year. If you remember that that offense, that team was historically good on offense. Mm. But the only reason they only won 93 games was because that pitching staff was incredibly shaky. There, you yeah, know, yeah. You know it's bad when you're ace, and I know he had a career year was Rick Porcello. <laughs> he was a career number three starter. Yep. Basically. Yep. But the Red Sox are also looking, if that doesn't work, they're looking at another first baseman. Uh, famously known for a 2018 uh, World Series pinch hit. 2018? Yeah. Mitch Moreland. Mitch Moreland. Rumors have it they'll talk and bring Mitch Moreland back after trading him to the Padres for a player to be named later. He might just pull a Errol Chapman. And the offseason after just come right back. 
I like Mitch Moreland. It wouldn't be a huge move for him coming here, though. I mean, he just played the same role he did before. Just back up, be a backup first baseman, play one out of every four games, and call it good. Make your money. I mean, and especially because we got to remember, Dustin Pedroia retired. Right? So because he retired, that $12.5 million, or the majority of it, I should say, came back to us, meaning we have much more money to stay underneath the luxury tax. Right. Yep. We're still paying Manny $2 million, but ignore that. It's hard to believe that guy just retired, Dustin Pedroia, mm-hmm. since he hasn't played on the team in, like, what, four years? Since, like, Last time, early like, 2018? Believe 2017? I believe. 2017. Or, I think he was he was playing in a few times in 2018, but then he then he uh, he didn't really play very well and he got hurt. Yes. Ugh, I miss him. I miss him. But Me too. Oh, did I you knew hear? His play style was just not sustainable though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Easy. Yeah, you're right. Did you hear? Um, Manny got cut from his team in Australia. Manny, yeah, you told me about that. Yeah, at least uh, that was sad. I felt bad. But That's I mean, he's, he's one of the. He's kind of 49 yeah, of years old. Yeah, I know. The <laughs> fact that he was in the league is more impressive. No, they did it. They did it to league. sell tickets. I, I know he. Now I know this guy was loaded to the gills with steroids, but he. You look at his swing. One of the <laughs> yeah. great swings of all time. It was just pure. It was amazing. Mm. And he started the kind of baggy look. You know that like 2000. I would say that was really popular from like 2003 to like 2009. That just baggy. Get like you're skinny and you're getting. Bartolo cologne size jersey on you. Yeah. <sighs> enough, enough about Manny. But, yeah, we have some extra room to work with, maybe bring in some extra players. But the Red Sox might um, – there have been a lot of trade talks about somebody, and you and I were praying he got traded. But now the Red Sox are saying they're rescinding that trade interest and they're going to maybe keep Andrew Benatendi. Might keep Andrew Benintendi. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that to be honest. I t- I've always liked Andrew Benintendi, and I'm not sure if I'm ready to walk away from him and give up on him just yet. I mean, the- he he had a really down year, like really down year. But I feel it was only one year, and I kind of want to see him. I want to see if he can bounce back. If he can't, then get rid of him. Just my my throw, question throw, is. Throw, throw my question is, right, it's no doubt Andrew Benatendi has the potential to bounce back. He's mo- If he has a season as bad as this one, again, he should honestly just retire. And just call it a career there. But most likely and When he's- you have a roster like this, then why not give him another chance? Because, listen, you can convince another team, hey, his potential is going to be such and such. He's going to bounce back from this so strong. But what if he only bounces back at like half that? Let's say let's say Heim goes around convincing teams, hey, he's gonna bat two eighty this year, and he's gonna have an on base percentage of three three sixty, you know, because he has such good plate discipline. Even throughout this year, he had a really good plate discipline. He drew so many walks, it wasn't even funny. Um, but yeah, he goes up to all these teams and says, This is his potential. Now give me prospects that fit that potential I'm giving you for Ben Attendee. 
but if we keep him and then he doesn't reach that potential, his stock just gets lower. I, I honestly think this might be as high as the stock is going to get. As high as – he's had better seasons, though. He has. But the thing is, I don't know – you can – the way I'm going to kind of think, think this is you're not buying teams on his production. You're going to have teams buy on his potential. You're going to say, oh, his potential is so great right now. He'll bounce back from this so well. When in reality, he might not bounce back from it so well. You know what I mean? So your best trade asset right now can be potential on him. And if you don't make that move now and wait a year, that potential might be gone and his stock might be dropping even more. I mean, the way I see it, his, his season was really bad. And that's an understatement. getting any worse than it, than, uh, it was last year. I mean, of course, worst case scenario, he stays that bad. And then his stock draft stock, uh, or not draft, um, his um, trade his trade stock no. drop a lot more. Mm-hmm. It's a tough situation. I understand what your your point in that is should just wait. Mm-hmm. It, it should don't wait because his his stock could get lower. Uh, the way I've always seen it with dra- with trading players, you don't trade them after playing poorly. Because then your their stock is really low. But then there's your point that you make in, in that, like you know, he he could never wind up back to his early career. Yeah, like 2018 days. Yeah, yeah, and it could just get worse, and they could get even less for him. Yes, um, it's a really and tough you situation. you made you made a good point on that. Um, in the last episode you were on, you were talking about. Um, all the players that the Red Sox didn't end up trading. Who was it? You were saying a what? Um, I I believe I might have was it the was it the Red Sox farm system back yes. in the early 2010s? Yeah, they it was. Yeah, I mean, but those were players who were like early on in their careers. Yes, and but if, were, if you were that team that had the that whole roster, that whole uh, organization had the potential to go right into championship contention. This yes. team looks like they may not be there for another, another five, three, four years. Yeah, but here's the thing, right? If you were to trade those guys back in the early 2010s, you're not trading them based on their skill. You're trading them based on age and potential. Right, right now, Ben Attendee is kind of in that mid age where you can't really sell on his age, but you can sell on that potential. You can say, "This is what he's going to come out back as." We've seen this from him before. He can bounce back when in reality he's probably not going to bounce back to what he was. You know, you can maybe fool a team, aka probably the Tigers, into making that trade. I maybe the Reds. The Reds would be dumb enough. We've been trash. You wind up trading him but you do you think you wouldn't get much for him even with what he is what he's at now but that's what i'm saying we wouldn't get too too much right now i'm just asking for a pitching prospect that's it just one starting pitching prospect one for one deal with somebody who's maybe like connor siebold-esque someone who has major league potential but still needs to develop a little bit to get there the thing so is the like 
about this about Andrew Benintendi is you don't think he's going to bounce back at all. So we should. I don't think probably he's probably get what we can at him out of him for now. So let me let me put this into an analogy, okay? Just imagine imagine yourself as a used car salesman. Okay. And you know you know how scummy used car salesmen are. They're trying to get you on every little thing, right? They know the car they're trying to sell ain't going to run for another 50,000 miles, right? It's beat up. It's cheap. It's beat up. But they'll they'll try and persuade you that it's got a good extra 100,000 miles left in its tank. It's nowhere near broken. It's got plenty of distance left in it, right? That's what that's what Haim has to do right now with Ben Tenney. He needs to be a used car salesman, convince people he has so much more left in the tank than realistically he really has. Realistically, he doesn't have that much left in the tank. Realistically, like, what, his 2018 season, he batted, what, like 280? Somewhere around there? Look look that up for me if you can. Uh, he got around – so his uh, – I know in 2018 he had a solid year, but I, I believe he's had years in 2016, 17 where he's had – No, 16 – Um. 16 was his rookie year where he didn't play a lot. 2017 was his official rookie year where he should have beaten Judge out. 2018, he got better. And then 19 and 20, he fell off. And realistically, you can you can sell teams that he can – that in a different environment, he can be back up to 2018 Ben Attendee. But in reality, if you, had, if you asked me to predict Ben Attendee's stat line for next year, I see him as a 207 hitter with a maybe 325 on base percentage. That's yeah. just reality. I don't have faith in Benny. You don't have faith? I really don't. And I think you could just trade on potential right now more than anything. See, oh. I, I, have more, I have faith in him. I think he could at least come back and bat at, around. I don't think it's too much to ask for to bat, say, in the two six, like around two seventy, around that area. Two seventy. You think he's gonna hit? I think he can do that. No, no you, way. You, you excused a few players. No excused, way. Who did you excuse hell. earlier on in this episode? Just earlier, a few minutes ago, you said, "Oh, it's twenty twenty. This that was a bad year." How do you know that this year wasn't an outlier? Look at his career stats. I know it's an outlier because twenty nineteen. You know, was only hundred five at bat. I know. I know it's an outlier because 2019, he took that step down, and then 2020 took the final step down. Adam Adovino, 2019 was a career year for him. That's what I'm saying. Oh, well, 20, was, 2019, was, Benny was a down year, and this got worse. That was consistent. He went from 270 to 103 fast. And, and I don't see him jumping back up to 270 next year. I see him as 207. I, th- I think he can get around 250 or like in that area. I think that's a much better, okay. better trade stock than what we have right now. Okay. At the end of the season next year. He also had 39 at-bats, by the way. Yeah. And what, three hits? So he, Three hits, maybe four? Four hits on, four hits on yeah. 39 at-bats. Four it hits was, on 39 at-bats. So how do you know he couldn't have just gotten better if he played a full – 162 game season and maybe he couldn't even he couldn't even play a good 
He couldn't even play a full 60-game season. He was that bad. They had to fake an injury for him. They had to fake an injury so he couldn't play anymore. I agree it was bad. But how do you know over a 162-game season it wouldn't have been better? If he couldn't finish a 60-game season, how the hell do you think he could have finished 162? Probably because they knew it was only 60 games and it was a a bad year. No way. No. He was not finishing a 162-game season last year. They obviously knew this team blows. If they don't leave them at this point, <laughs> and Andrew Benintendi blows even more. <laughs> okay, we gotta move on. The cameras is going in a weird direction. Right. Right. Okay, so put him down for two sixty. Two sixty. Okay, if he does not get two sixty by the end of the year, I have full right to rant. You gotta Endlessly buy me about how much he needs to be traded. You gotta buy me a beer if that happens. <laughs> if, if okay, if if he gets if he gets above two sixty, I owe you a beer. Your choice, right. as long as it's not Good crazy stuff. expensive. But if he winds up being traded this offseason, deals off. That no, if he if he goes to another no. team and doesn't average two sixty, deals off. All right, on. fine. We'll go. We'll go for it. All right. So the Red Sox are looking to maybe trade away somebody who we've heard. Some rumors about um, last year, especially to the Rays. Uh, the Angels have had a lot of interest in Christian Vasquez. And a lot. And it seems like if they were to be traded, the Angels have the front runner right now. But Heim is being very, very tentative. With this, he knows Vasquez's value, and he's going to ask very high. So unlikely a trade were to happen, but if he ever decides to go down that route of completely sell and get a better draft pick for next year, Vasquez is going at a high price. I'm not. I'm not too upset about it. I want him to get traded to the Rays, to be honest with you. But now that the Rays kind of sold with Snell. As a Red Sox fan, I could care less who he goes to as long as I get the most out of, uh, the, I, most the, only, out of the deal. The only reason I say the Rays is because Heim came from the Rays. He knows the farm system. He he yeah, know I mean, he know the gems out of that farm system. That's a good yeah. That's that's the only reason I say Rays. Usually I wouldn't I wouldn't be a fan of interdivision trading when we're the ones who are selling. But that would be an, that would be a rare exception. Yeah. I mean, I'm all for if you go, we're going into this deep tanking style, uh, deep style of tanking, yeah. then why not just trade? I mean, we have this great starting lineup. If you're gonna do it, just commit to it and just go for it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a little, it's a little frustrating for me to see this team is uh, is tanking when they have a roster like they have. Mm-hmm. Um, and, the, um, in their starting the, lineup, the roster's nowhere near what we need to be. Though, we're just gonna well, wait for we're gonna yeah, wait for some lineup. guys to show their potential in the farm system. We don't have a fully stocked farm system yet, but it's halfway there, I'd say. Right, you can take some of these guys, aka Cassis, Mata, Dahlbeck, and you can swap one of those guys for a star later down the road. If we were to put a star on this team right now, this team is still not a championship contender. Haim is waiting on his assets. 
which I, like I mean, this, with how young they are, works. Trade everybody else. What would be the point of that? You're just completely resetting. We already hit the reset button last year. Last year was rock bottom. We don't want to go back to rock bottom. We could build completely up from this point without looking back. Okay. You know, I don't want to get worse than last. You want to get worse than last year? I want to. I want to build properly for a championship. Do you team. remember the name Robinson Lair? I don't remember anybody's name from last year. Thank you. I don't want that to happen again. All right. Halfway through the season, past trade deadline, we signed Robert Stock, Andrew Triggs, Mike Kickham, and Robinson Lair, who I knew none of. I sadly knew Robinson Lair because he decided to comment me after I said I didn't want him on the team next year, and he said, we'll just wait till next season, and now he's on the Cubs because he got waived. <laughs> I felt so bad about that, but that was that was funny as hell. He's like, yeah, watch what happens next year, <laughs> and he gets waived. Oh, that, that was amazing. But, um, yeah, we're running along with this episode, so let's get to the last three things, and then we'll, um, we'll call it, uh, and then... We'll talk a little bit about the Super Bowl, too. Okay. Um, so, real quick, another pitcher that the Red Sox are looking after, somebody they just traded at the trade deadline, they're looking for a maybe reunion with Brandon Workman if the price is right. I like it. I, I, I just liked Workman. The problem is he sucked in Philly. He sucked. I mean, like I've, like I've said, this this team could like where's the risk? We can use all the help we can get at this point. Yeah, he'll be a low he'll be a low risk option, mm-hmm. low price. Just bring him in if he if he can play great. If he can't, then okay, you get in. a young guy in there. Yeah, exactly. And like, um, if that were to happen, though, who's the closer, Workman or Ottavino? I mean, with the way this roster looks, it's going to be Ottavino. Wrong answer. The correct answer is Evaldi. Evaldi? <laughs> Remember back no. 20, 2019? <laughs> Let's make the starting pitcher the closer. Oh, thank you, Dombrowski. <laughs> that was a beautiful year, 2019. RIP. But, yeah, Workman. Um, next, our old friend. Named Dave Dombrowski. You remember Dave Dombrowski. That beautiful Well, name. I sure do. He is making money moves over in Philly. All right. Obviously, the signing of JT Real Muto back, I believe it was an eight-year 150. Something around that range. And um, signing Didi De Gregorius yesterday. I've always liked D.D. Gregorius. I I believe it's a two-year, $28 million deal, which he's crazy good contact. Which, I mean, you had him to a team of Real Muto, Hoskins, and Harper. That might be might be something good. In all yeah, honesty, I like, I don't know if they might. To make the playoffs... That's first step. I think they I think they do make the playoffs this year. I think they get there. I think they get bounced in the first round. But I think it's a stepping stone. And then next year, 
Dombrowski's going to be like, well, screw this. I don't want to lose in the playoffs again. Boom, throw all my assets. I'm the new Padres. That's how it's going to be. But if it doesn't work, he leaves. Mm-hmm. That's like what's going to happen is you're going to see maybe Lindor leave the Mets because he's still on a one-year contract. Um, Arenado could still potentially opt out next year. Chris Bryant's available next year. If the Cubs don't trade him, maybe the Cubs look to trade him to the Phillies at the deadline. There's so many options right now for the Phillies. I see them in championship contention by 2022 and the worst team in the league by 2024. Yep, that sounds like Dave Dombrowski. <laughs> sounds about right. right? And then Dave Dombrowski, Dave Dombrowski is then with like, I don't know, the Reds in 2025. Come back to this episode in 2025. Maybe I get that right. He'll probably be, yeah. He'll probably be on a new team by then. And yeah. he'll be looking to do the exact same thing. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Um, so, really quick. Okay, people. Okay, to my to my to to the audience, I apologize if you hear people walking around outside. I live right by the front door of the dorm, so people are going to, you're going to hear people constantly, and I hate it. We got to deal with it. So did you hear the story about the New York Mets general manager being fired? <laughs> let's, I wanted, I wanted to bring that up while you were here. Just let's, for our fans who did not watch the episode, which I originally reacted to that, uh, the New York Mets general manager, Jared Porter, right, in his time working for the Chicago Cubs, uh, decided to, uh, let's say, uh release the soldier or in picture form to a woman who was covering the cubs he he started talking to this woman who worked i uh, a foreign correspondent um proved that she said at one point she ignored more than 60 messages from porter before he sent the photo Let's let's talk about that for a sec. All right, so desperate to that, make yeah. a trade. <laughs> like, please, please, I'll do anything. <laughs> here, let me send you this picture right here. Maybe it'll help. He wanted to get to third base real fast. Oh my god! So let's let's just talk. Let's just let's just talk to the guys out there listening. All right. Let's just explain something, all right? Especially for, like, high school guys that are out there, all right? If a girl is not messaging you, leave it alone. And don't okay. send pictures. Don't send private. Never, ever. That will get you put on boards that you don't want to be put on, all right? I hope you guys know what we're talking about here because we cannot – we cannot go into any more detail. Besides, let's – Let's just say he pitched the tent and then photographed his accomplishments. <laughs> so, you got any more analogies that make? I think you, I think you covered it perfectly. <laughs> this man, he did this at 41 you know years. He's, he's 41 years old. Which means when he was working for the Cubs, he was around 36 doing this. Oh, my God. What? Things got pretty hard for him. Okay, I think 
I think if we were monetized, that just got us demonetized. I'm gonna I'm gonna send you this article because it goes into deep detail. Why? <laughs> wait, wait. Um, oh, let me just read this part of the article. It's I want to make sure I'm not reading anything that will get me kicked off of YouTube. Um, this says Porter continued texting her anyway, sending dozens of messages despite a lack of a response. On August 11th, 2016, a day after asking her to meet him at a hotel in L.A., Porter sent the woman 17 pictures. The fourth, the first 15 photos. You had to get every angle. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're right, but not what you think. The first 15 photos were of the hotel and its restaurants. The 16th was the same as the earlier photo of the, uh, uh, let's, let's say it was... It was standing up underneath the clothes, and then the 17th, we went stripper style. You know, 17 pictures. <laughs> Reached by ESPN on Monday evening, Porter acknowledged texting with the woman. He initially said he had not sent any pictures of himself. When told the exchanges show, he had sent selfies and other pictures. He said that, quote, the more explicit ones are not of me. Those are like kind of like joke, joke stock images. <laughs> I love this. It's amazing. Yeah. I just want to know she what was going through this guy's head. She didn't message me after I sent her he 60 texts. He thought he would get away with being able to say, that's not mine. When he sends a picture. So he let me let me get this straight. Alright. First, she stops talking to you. Then we send sixty texts with no response. Then we send fifteen pictures of your hotel and the restaurants. Then we send the PG version. Then we send Private Johnson out to do his thing. So, you know that trend on TikTok where it's like, show, tell me you're this without telling me? <laughs> it's like, that's like, tell me you're a virgin without telling me you're a virgin. <laughs> like, tell, that's the perfect... Tell me, tell me you're desperate without telling me you're desperate. Oh exactly, god. yeah. I didn't find out. Well, the, the real question... Oh my god, this article keeps going. Oh my god. What the f What? He sends a text saying, you're so pretty, do you have a boyfriend yet? And then sends a selfie of him with his mouth open. Oh my god, I need to read this article in full off of, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna, okay, I need you to stay on for like 10 minutes after we end the call, we just need to go through this article, I'll send it to you. Oh my god, this is amazing. But all right, we're already over an hour in. Quickly, Super Bowl, who's winning? I got the Bucks. You got the Bucks? Oh. In an upset. I I see this as the kind of passing of the dynasty torch. If I'm being honest with you. Brady goes six and four in Super Bowls. I don't think he makes another one again. He retires in two years. Mahomes wins four more this decade. 
See, I don't blame you for taking Kansas City. Uh, I, they obviously deserve to be favored. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of people who are saying, well, the Bucks are going to win. That's it's it's going to take a not, performance. It's going it's, to. It's going to take a 2018 versus Eagles-like performance from Tom Brady. No, I wouldn't say that. Because they, if, they're, if they win this game. The, it, Chief, the Chiefs' run defense is insane. You're going to need to sling the rock almost the every defense, play. Run defense is not that good. What? Their run defense is not that good. Are we watching two different Chiefs teams? I think we are. You cannot is tell me. Your, your washed-up high school team? <laughs> you cannot tell me that Chris Jones, meeting that front, along with uh, – I think I when they average a se- – they give up a season uh, – Season average of over four yards a carry, then that's not good. Hold on, let me look this up. Uh, Chiefs team stats. Um, but yeah, I still have. I I still think Brady's gonna throw for over four hundred yards. I see it the way I see it. That secondary is better than the run defense for the Chiefs. The only ma- the only problem is that the I don't think the Bucks have the ability to run the ball well enough so that it becomes the reason they win the game. Mm-hmm. I think the reason they'll win the game is pass rush and pass and pass offense. The, the, I've, I've preached this all season long. If you watch my, uh, if you watch my podcast, mm-hmm. um, I always all season long, I've been saying this about the Buccaneers, their formula for winning games is get to the opposing quarterback and keep yours on your feet. If you keep Brady on his feet, he will beat you. He will beat any defense, any secondary. I'm not worried about Jalen Ramsey or Jair Alexander. All right. If he, mm-hmm. the, the vast majority of his picks come when he's under pressure. Yeah. He'll get sacked. He'll lose yardage. So um, you were somewhat right. They have um, kind of like – they allow four and a half yards, um, a um, a carry, but they're still, as of a rush defense, are like twelfth best. No, well, that's like, probably that's like fourteenth best. Can, that's most most likely because nobody gets the chance to run on them. They're always every team they face is always playing from behind. They always wind up passing. That's just a result of that's a, just a result of game script. And I agree with you. I don't think the run game is going to be a factor on either side because that's just not not going to be the way the game works. Yeah, no. This is going to be a – I think the Chiefs are going to come out hot and just be like, catch up with us. And then Tom Brady's going to be putting that back where he's most comfortable with his back against the wall. And he's going to be like, say less. I'm going to do it. Yeah. And I think he's going to do it. I mean, the Chiefs have a top-10 defense. So they're going to be – they're great pass defense too. So don't forget the biggest key to this game and the reason why I'm favor I, I'm taking the Bucks in the upset win is because that offensive line is banged up. They lost their left tackle to an Achilles tear. Yep. And yep. they lost their right tackle earlier on in the season. Mm-hmm. And luckily their uh, their replacement is having a career year, but now he has to move over to left tackle. Yes. There's no guarantee that he's going to play well in left tackle. And left tackle is is one of the hardest the, positions. The third most important. 
second or third, depending on who you ask on the, on the offense. Oh, absolutely. And it's the hardest position to play as well. You don't see very many good left tackles. So you're having a backup right tackle go and play left tackle, meaning right tackle could be a problem and left tackle, meaning you have Shaq Barrett and uh, Jason Pierre-Paul having probably going to probably going to have a field day. Eight and a half finger JPP. David and Devin White you have to deal with. Mm -hmm. I think if they win this game, it will most likely their the game MVP will be one of Jason Pierre-Paul or Shaq Barrett. Wow. That's that's saying I think that's going to be I think that's going to be what keeps the Chiefs at bay and what keeps the uh, the in what is going to be the reason why the the Buccaneers offense is going to be able to keep up with the Chiefs and ultimately catch them. Mm-hmm. I think I agree. I think the Chiefs are going to come out hot and they're going to ride that momentum from all season, but I think the Bucks are going to settle down. They're going to uh, I think Brady's going to lead them back. He'll have a he'll play a role. I think he's going to throw a couple tur- he might throw a turnover or two because I think uh, who, uh, Frank Clark is going to be a problem. Yes. He's going to force a turnover or two. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll, pl- he'll still play a role uh, in winning that game because he's the main piece of that yes. entire team. But I have the Bucks pulling off the slight upset. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a high-scoring game. Yes. All right. So if you guys want to hear more of that football content, especially with his friend um, Justin – and Brian, whenever he decides to actually show up, that's over on the Fumble Ruski podcast. You guys can go and check that out. Real quick, give me one thing you liked from this week, not football related. Not football related. I like coming back to class. We yeah, came back that's, for this semester, this week. That's going to be halted for two weeks, though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh we won't say anything during the episode, but we, we can only say that he he ended up catching something that we cannot say on YouTube. Yeah, it's a uh, little contagious, Yeah, and just, just, a lot of people have it. You'll see it on the news every now and then. Yeah, well, maybe once a week. It's related. We're all good. If that, it's not like we need to wear these things every everywhere we go on these college. pieces of cloths. Yeah, but that's, that's going to be it for us. Anything else you want to say to the people before we go? And go read that article. Check us out on the Fumble Ruski podcast. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We're getting better, and we are highly opinionated. Ah, two of us are. Brian, who, the, who, who knows what's going on up there for him? But It's this random stuff up in the up there. We, we don't know. We're not going to question it yet. But it's, worth, it's worth a watch, though. Yes. But with that being said, to the fans – Thank you guys so much for watching. We always appreciate you guys every single time. We will see you guys on Wednesday. See you. Many miles away from home Steps were difficult I'm exhausted But I did not fall I hope Something good is coming up Free like a bird also round and my footsteps on the ground I raise my head listen to the sounds I'm happy with what I have found just breathe